the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Some decent websites about money. I like Forbes and Kiplinger's. Kiplinger is K-I-P-L-I-N-G-E-R. I like Forbes and Kiplinger.com. Um, Kiplinger I don't like as much because there's a lot of sponsored content that I don't like. Someone paying to be part of a what was once a very trusted brand. I like Barron's a lot. Paid subscription kind of thing, though. I like the Wall Street Journal. Um, I kind of like thinking, you know, some of the articles that Barron's will throw out there. Like, you know, what are the retailers that can survive Amazon? And it makes you think of, okay, we know the ones that can and the ones that can't. Sears is going down. Um... Retailers, there's still some that are very investable. Ross, TJ Maxx, um, they're off-price retailers. So there's a lot of data saying that they're doing okay. Um, Everyone wants to take selfies these days. Production innovation is leading to more developments in skincare and makeup from Estee Lauder and Ultra Beauty. Um, How do they get millennials to get into this? Um, I think Lululemon is a retailer that's pretty unique. Um, Coach, fairly unique, although I think it's more of a trading stock than anything else. So I like reading articles in Barron's that make you think ever so slightly. Um, I like sticking to a plan and switching up gears and say, okay, so I like Barron's and Wall Street Journal. I, I love the New York Times. Uh, the Wall Street Journal's great, like I said. And you can start there. Some decent websites. You know, I'm, I'm giving you some decent ones because I know a lot of the do-it-yourselfers out there. Uh, but I'd be very cautious on that because information differs like golden clay. Um, that to divide does not mean to take away. Um, one of the things I was talking about or that I like to talk about is we're all different investors. And I did a seminar this weekend that was just Sometimes people piss you off a little bit by the questions that they ask, thinking that you have an answer, but you can't possibly have an answer. One woman asked me, all my money is in my house. When should I buy bonds? I'm like, okay. How old are you? I need to know your age, your income, any other assets that you might have, any other liabilities that you might have. All your money in your house means what? I don't know. Is it a million-dollar house that's paid for? Is it a million-dollar house that has a $900,000 loan and there's $100,000 still left over? So it's tough to you know, make bold statements. Someone said, what's the best stock for the next 20 years? 
like, I don't know, Tesla, Amazon, I don't know, something's going to come that I don't know. There's to be, you know, gains in medical, uh, the medical industry does thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of reports every year um, and datas and studies. And in early May, they do a lot of conferences to, you know, highlight some of that data. And I would need, you know, a thousand employees to get through it in two days. But those thousand employees then would have to get reports. And I would need weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to study that to even begin to, uh, to guess what could be a great company. We know that there's a lot of great medical technologies on trying to get our body to fight for us versus throwing in radiation, chemotherapy, and things along those lines. Um, a lot of cell therapy kind of stuff going on. So, but I can't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Um, so it's really tough to predict where this is all going to go. So I was trying to do a seminar on how to create your first million dollars. And it's really geared towards people 20 to 40. Because if you haven't got a good basis by 40, then you're going to probably be behind when you're 50. Um, so I really like trying to get people early to have some good money habits, you know, having a budget, having goals, putting price tags on those goals, um, being honest about what you're trying to do, realizing that you only work from age 20 to 60. So you need one to three times your salary by the time you're 30. And a lot of people think that there's, you know, quick fixes for I'm 45 and I have nothing. If you're 45 and you have nothing, you're probably going to work till the day you die, or you're probably going to live in a trailer park on government assistance. And I have no problem with that. Just know that's where you're going. For a 40-year-old with nothing saved for retirement, putting away $650 a month can get you to a million in retirement savings by age 67. But it's really tough to tell someone who's making you know, $50,000 a year to put away 650 bucks a month. Maximizing your earnings should be your main focus in your 40s. Negotiating salaries, asking for raises, finding additional income. I think now is the time to use various types of accounts for retirement funds. Um, if you haven't, you know, the 401k, the 403b, the 457 is the most important investment vehicle, in my opinion, in the world. Um, you want to max out employer-sponsored retirement accounts? Um, as best you can. Uh, in your 40s, you really want to start thinking about the future and what does it look like for you. Because if you haven't saved enough, um, when you're 40, you should easily have five times your income, three times to five times your income. Depends on what sort of retirement you want. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Uh, one of my investment themes that I'm a big fan of, I've got a retirement account, I've got some savings accounts, I've got some cash accounts, but one of the accounts that I have is an account that I'm thinking, it's kind of like my blue chip dividends account that I've been, you know, it's not a lot of, you know, thought goes into it, Nike, Disney, Apple, uh, you can go after a Goldman Sachs, like there's some really easy names that you can say, probably going to be in business the day I die, but... I'm looking for like 2% dividend yields, 2.5% dividend yields from these guys as another way of me making some money in retirement.
Social Security will be one. My 401k distributions will be one. Having a little bit of income from dividends are great. And having dividends in a stock market that's going down, it buffers. It helps. So um, just throwing that out there. So think about things like that. If you can't have intelligent conversations with yourself about what your retirement is going to look like, I think it's not going to be good. So I think it's going to end badly for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the things I noticed about the seminars too was that a lot of people want to predict things. You know, this is what's going to happen in the presidency, therefore I'm going to do this. I don't think it works like that because everyone knows probably as much as you do and might have more money than you do. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I know you have a choice out there. I try to give you something that you can work with, something you can learn from each and every day. Hopefully, some of that comes to fruition. Typically, Monday through Thursdays, I try to give you the business economy news, the stock market news, um, very little headline news. That's not my thing. I think there's other people out there who can do that much better than I can. Um, I do the show from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on KDOW AM 1220, Monday through Fridays. But also, I do the Monday and Thursday show, um, which I refer to as Stock Talk, where it is just going to be about stock sectors. It's going to be about stock markets and such. Um, so you can hear that Mondays and Thursdays. CFP Chad Burton compliments me by going more high-end with focusing on wealth on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, how to create it, how to preserve it. And then on Fridays at 6 a.m., we do a best of. So. You get three hours of Robin Chad Monday through Friday, but two hours of me Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Tell a friend. Um, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Uh, any questions, any thoughts, do email me out. Um, I would love to hear from you, um, and I will do everything I can to give you good insights. Um, don't ask me stock questions by email. Do you know how much work I do when I look at a stock? I probably spend about 15 minutes taking a look at one stock. So you can call the show and I'll do the best I can to give you a really good snapshot second opinion. Um, But if you email me, I'd rather give that opinion to all the listeners and all the podcast listeners versus just, you know, one single person. So um, just throwing it out there. Recently in the news, there was a big story about Disney and Netflix and how they're kind of, I'm going to say at a head now where Disney recently announced that they're going to be going after video on demand themselves. They're going to be competing with Netflix. So they're going to, they're going to pull their Disney films uh, in a few years from now from Netflix. Now at first blush, you go, that's bad news for Don, Don, Don Netflix. And it's really not because Netflix is spending $6 billion a year on films and television shows. And they really need to get away from other people's content so that they can be their own little beast, so to speak. Um, And this is a nice push for them in going that direction. Disney announced that it would break its exclusive movie streaming deal with Netflix in 2019 and launch its own streaming service. 
on their earning call when they announced the CEO, Bob Iger, clarified that exactly how much Disney content will go there. It's still being discussed. Disney and Pixar branded movies definitely are going to be their own little entity. They're going to be their own little hub. It's the content creator saying, we don't need the middleman anymore. We know that we have Ariel. We know that we've got that ice princess chick. We know we got it covered. Now, the question is, how about the Star Wars films and the Marvel movies? So the general strategic shift from Disney is clear. They think the future of entertainment is going to be defined by direct relationships. And there's a lot of direct relationships. I remember growing up um, and watching Disney films. And they, they were different films. They were like Escape from Witch Mountain, Digby, the world's biggest dog. Like, And you're like, that's not a very good movie in hindsight. Like, You don't see Disney going out of their way to rehash those golden memories. They go out of their way to rehash the uh, memories of Cinderella. And do you remember when you were a child? And again, I'm 40-something, so work with that. Um, there was This was the day and age where we kind of came up with the VHS. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, there was a point in time where your TV was just on or off. And then you came up with a VCR, a video cassette recorder, or a Betamax, and a Laserdisc, and things like that. But what was fantastic was Disney knew how to freak out kids. They'd come out with commercials and we'd go, Hey, kids, guess what? Cinderella is now coming out of the vault after 50 years of living in the vault. We've digitally remastered her, and she's coming out on shiny new VHS. <coughs> Makes me want to cough. <coughs> Makes me want to cough twice. Um, so the fact that Disney would do that to kids for a limited time only, for the next 90 days, you can get Cinderella. In her original form is she was only seen once before. You're like, wasn't she like a 20-year-old princess who goes to a party and happens to have a foot the right size the next day to fit into a glass slipper where... What's the function of a glass slipper, really? I get ruby slippers. Dorothy, take me home, I get it. But glass slippers, really? Seriously? And there is not one other woman in the kingdom with a size seven and a half? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Um, and had I not had a seven and a half, and there was rumor that it was a seven and a half, I would have cut off toes. Right? So you with me on that one? To get a prince? I mean, what better message in the world that a woman needs a man? Right? Are you with me or not with me? Um, so anyway, so Disney would do these freakish commercials like, kids, kids, tell mom, tell dad, we've just reintroduced Cinderella. And she's never coming out of the vault again for Laserdisc. And you're like, uh, what? She was just out on VHS. And then she's on Laserdisc. And then she's on Blu-ray. And then she's on DVD. And then she's on DVD Blu-ray. And then she's on, she's constantly working. And that's what Disney has. Disney has a franchise. And it's unbelievable. They own the most compelling intellectual property in the world. They've got Marvel superheroes. they got the Spider-Man, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. they got the new Spider-Man. They've got Star Wars, Star Wars 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. they got the Chewbacca movie. I know you're saying the Chewbacca movie. There's not a Chewbacca movie. But don't you think at some point in time there's going to be a Chewbacca movie? Because Rob Black wants to see a Chewbacca movie. Han Solo movie, I'm kind of intrigued with. Sure. <laughs> the prequel to getting the, the rebel plans, lovely. Rogue One, loved it. But I want a Chewbacca movie. So Chewbacca's, <laughs> Chewbacca's planet got overtaken by the Imperials or something like that. And I want to see a war of Chewbacca's. I want to see more than one Chewbacca on film. I want to see a hundred Chewbacca's with lightsaber bows fighting back, picking up stormtroopers and bashing them against walls. So Disney owns me. You have me where you want me, Disney. Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. They've got the most compelling intellectual property out there from Marvel to Star Wars. 
like I want my kids to see this, and my kids are going to want their kids to see this, and my kids' kids are going to raise goats, and those kids are going to want to see Star Wars. So in the short term, it sounds like it's bad news for Netflix pulling content and saying that let's go cut out the middleman. But in the long term, it's going to be good for Dis- uh, Netflix because they need to wean themselves away from that, that let's pay a premium for Disney content. Now, it could be a win-win situation for these two guys, but like in AMC's Breaking Bad, when Breaking Bad and The Zombie Show, I don't even want to call it The Walking Dead. I just want to call it The Zombie Show. You know what I'm talking about. It's The Walking Dead. It's The Zombie Show. And it's the Rick, I'll kill you show. So here's the main issue. AMC can't negotiate like Disney can negotiate because Disney's got that Cinderella locked up in a closet. I think we should look at some labor laws in California. So, um, because they haven't paid her in 50 plus years. So if you're passionate about a movie. You've probably already seen it in theater. So Netflix doesn't have to worry about losing Disney because people have already seen it. They need to come up with their own compelling argument and their own compelling product that people will come to paying a lot of money for amazing major studio movies. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. It doesn't really move the needle for Netflix. The rare exception is that is Disney in the sense that a lot of parents want their kids to watch um, all the Star Wars films, all the Spider-Man films, all the Iron Man films, all the um, Dory films, back to back to back to back. It becomes a TV babysitter. So Netflix is going to have to do this. And Netflix is going to spend $6 billion a year on original content. Disney isn't because they're just going to un- unleash that that woman Cinderella lady um, and her new remake, Tinderella. Do not expect to see Tinderella on Disney. No, 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 no. Not going to happen. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I was talking to someone recently about Apple Music. I'm an Apple beta tester, so I'm using their newest um, form of software, and it's got some updates to Apple Music, when, albeit Apple Music wasn't a great product when it first was released. But now a couple of years in, it's becoming a better and better product. And I've used Spotify side by side with it. Um, and my friend is a Spotify user. And what's interesting about it is she also owns shares of Apple. I'm like, why would you use Spotify if you own Apple? It makes no sense to me. Like, that's the way I live my life. I own shares of Apple and I use Apple Music. Is it the best service in the world? It's probably not. But I'll say this. I have the Lumineers on it, who we were just hearing coming in from break. And it's very experimental. And in the new operating system, it becomes a lot more, I, I don't want to sound presumptuous, but it becomes a lot more social, um, which I think is a very, very good thing. Um, <clears throat> to the point that I've got those Apple AirPods, those silly things that go in my ear. And I was on an airplane recently, and my Apple software is more advanced than your Apple software, more than likely if you're using 10, I'm using 11. Um, and it says, do you want to listen to music from your phone? Or someone else's. So at this point in time, you know, Tony, who's sitting right next to me, he can have his Apple Music loaded up with songs. And he could say, let me play this for you. And we can both be listening to his music or my music. Or we can get a third person involved. It's goofy. It's not quite, you know, it makes total sense to you. I get it. But they're continually evolving the product. And that's what billions of dollars of research will do for you. One of the best things about the new Apple 11 software, and I'm, I'm teasing this, and I don't think Apple's going to be upset by this because I'm actually endorsing the hell out of the product, is their new command center. It's pretty awesome. The command center is when you hit the home button and slide it up, and you typically see four little things on it. Now there's 16. 
You can put in your Apple Pay. You can put in your favorite program. Let's say it's Pokemon Go. You could put in, you know, Pikachu. Um, Pikachu. You could put in your sun, um, how much sunlight you want monitored. You can hit your music instantly. No swiping pages. No hitting the app to open no it. Way. And even better, like on the flashlight and all of them, when you start using the Apple Force Touch, uh, which has never been very good for me. And when I start using it now, you could force touch it and like pop open a screen underneath a screen in the command center. So command center became very important to me all of a sudden. Um, plus there's some, you know, cleaning out your storage. If you've been sending text picture, text messaging to me back and forth, and let's say you send me a video of your, your fat kid, and you're like, look at my kid jumping off a cliff in Hawaii. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. And I just keep it there. That's taking up storage. And instead of like, um, you've got so many photos and you got this to do, but it's now saying, okay, here's some of your largest files you can delete. And it says fat kid jumping off cliff in Hawaii. You've got mail. And it's gone. So they're, they're doing some minor improvements. I'll tell you this. It's not revolutionary. Um, it's evolutionary at best. Tony Mendez, com, user of Apple Music. I am. Um, talking real estate, talking renting versus buying. We've been hitting this pretty hard. Um, and in the last segment, we talked a little bit about, you know, um, uh, checking out your real estate in the newspaper and you know it's not very real time and people focus on the long-term gains they don't focus how much money they've put in they don't focus on the fact that when you own 100 shares of apple you own 100 shares of apple and when the furnace goes out at apple you don't have to fix it when a furnace goes out at your home or your investment property you have to fix it um but a lot of people focus on the leverage a lot of the real estate clubs hi everyone it's me it's time for another real estate club meeting um they'll focus on Use other people's money and use leverage. Leverage is good on the upside, but leverage is bad. Yeah, it's not a common uh, word being used when we're seeing you know a down market. But in an up market, you, uh, I mean, leverage can be as simple as owning your primary residence and taking some cash out, buying a property somewhere else, or it could be a vacation property, it could be a second home, it could be anything. And if, especially if it's a rental. You can look at some cash flow and you can go, okay, I just borrowed $100,000 from my house and I'm going to be getting, you know, two or $300 a month. That comes out to, you know, two, you know, four or 5% rate of return plus somebody else is paying off my equity. I get some write offs and there you go. You know, that, that's a long term investment. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, you have some more equity in that property in an up market. Um, and you can leverage that again, or you can do something like a 1031 exchange and, and start shuffling the assets around and avoid, you know, defer some of those capital gains or all of the capital gains uh, taxes and uh, maybe refine the type of properties that you own. So there's leverage is a fantastic tool. There's a lot of it going on right now um, because of the upside uh, in the market right now, but um, and low rates and, and, and there are, <laughs> The programs that are coming out right now are really t- fine-tuned towards uh, investors, and, and they're really starting to come out. The, the banks have figured out that you know that A-paper product, uh, even the jumbo loans, are going to always be there. But what is out there for investors? I mean, there's even loans right now that you have what they call no-income, no-assets. It's called a NINA loan. No income, no assets, and you, you just need to put down a certain amount of money. Boom, you own investment property. So the leverage is there, Rob. And it's going to continue getting a little bit easier and easier. And, um, you know, you look at a place like Sacramento, which is 
arguably the fastest growing city in the United States. And you go, I want to take advantage of that. Um, people are moving there because it's a little cheaper to own uh, and to cost living's quite a bit lower. I want to own there. I, people are going to rent and I think companies will start figuring it out and, and jobs will start growing. Um, and you want to invest there, leverage. It's what it comes down to. It's sort of working right. It's taking action and stuck on the show. Um, so I don't think you want to invest in Sacramento just to say that you want to invest in Sacramento. I, yeah, I didn't totally, say Stockton, at least. Boom shakalaka. I'm straight out of Stockton. Um, they're going to make a movie out of me. Um, Compton. Um, WGWA. White guys with attitude. Boom shakalaka. I'm straight out of Stockton. Um, yeah, I think that failed. You can't be perfect the whole time. Um, I don't see. I look at rental markets or investment markets differently than you do. I don't really like Sacramento. I just see too much land. And I I, I know it sounded like I may have offended you. No, I don't. Or or offended somebody who focuses on retirement. And uh, no, 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 no. I just as an argument of which rental property would I rather own. I'd rather own a place that's adding jobs aggressively and not just because it's cheaper well, in California. Re- find Reno. Reno's a great Reno example. Portland's a good example. Just, Seattle's a good example. Yeah. My home city of San Carlos is a horrible example. They're adding low-income places, which aren't really low-income places. They're one-bedroom apartments, which is meant – it's like low-income housing. No, it is a prison cell that they're calling low-income housing, and it's not a solution. It, it, it creates more of a problem. It creates more traffic. It creates uh, it creates a problem. It's not a step up kind of scenario. Right. I, I look at Sacramento as they're one flood away from nothing, and they're not adding jobs. It's just a cheaper place to live in California. Yeah, the the, the math does play out. Uh, there's certainly a lot of interest in places like Sacramento and Reno and and Seattle. Seattle is the number one search, by the way, for the out of state uh, Bay Area um, search for a, a house. Uh, for LA, it's like Vegas. So there's there a lot more interest in places like this because you look at the math and go, okay, Seattle, the uh, starting tech job is twenty thousand dollars less here in the, than it is in the Bay Area, but the home prices are fifty percent cheaper. Um, and and you can just play the math around every single one of these cities. That's why we've we've been talking about second tier cities over and over and over for um, not I don't want to say investment ideas, but the trends that that sure. uh, um, first-time home buyers and, and repeat buyers are looking at. Uh, and that math plays out. I spend 50% less on my house. My job only, it's I get paid 20% less. Uh, and I get to own a house. I can afford a house there. Yeah. There's, there was a study that just came out just recently that said the median income in three Bay Area counties will buy zero homes for, with the median income. For the, I'm sorry, the median income buying the median home price in zero zip codes in three counties in the Bay Area. And that's what's driving this traffic. Um, as an, and if we're going to continue talking about rent versus buying and, and the leverage and the investing, people are following the trends. I do love you because I just can't, totally gave you flack on Sacramento. And I'm okay with Sacramento. I just – I prefer. And that's what it comes down to is we all have preferences when it comes to real estate. Um, I prefer to – We call it risk levels. Okay. Not preferences, because there are different risk levels that you will take Absolutely. in like, real estate. Yeah. The, the simplest one would be just buying your own property that you live in and then and then moving up from there. Would I want to buy a condo in a townhouse in Stockton or a townhouse in Portland right next to a courthouse? I'd rather buy next to a courthouse because I know pretty darn well I can get a lawyer at some point in time to say, you know, I'm the DUI attorney, Steve, 
and I'll represent you for $2,000. And then like two years from now, he's going to be like, I'm the DUI attorney, Steve, and I'll represent you for $2,500. Like they're going to be able to raise their fees mm-hmm. year over year over year over year, it seems forever. And that's the tenant that I want and not the tenant in Stockton or Sacramento where the wage inflation's not there. Now, again, it's dicey because there's obviously parts of Sacramento which are nicer than others. But my problem is when I drive to Tahoe, I just drive through Sacramento, I go, land, 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 townhouse. Land, 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 townhouse. Townhouse, 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 land. Swamp. Townhouse, townhouse, land. (laughs) Chickens. Don't forget the chickens. (laughs) That's in Petaluma. Say hello to the chickens for me if you're driving through Petaluma today. You can say hi to Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's at BayAreaLoanSource.com. you got to let love rule, and you got to let investing figure it out for you, what works for you, know your risk levels, be patient. You don't have to do anything. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Bye-bye, Miss American Pie. I drove the Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Bye-bye, American Pie. I typically stay away from politics, but man, is it in your face these days. I only look at politics, I would say, recreationally as an exhibition and not as a competition. Um, Thus, I have a very small grasp of it, but it is in the headlines hardcore, more so on a regular basis, it seems, in the last 10-plus years. Um, How does it affect... The stock market, it does. You know, when people like Hillary Clinton says price gouging, like in the specialty drug market, is outrageous, I'm going to lay out a plan to take it on. Um, you know, and then you see stocks fall apart, and then you go, you know, like a Donald Trump will go after Merck. Um, you know, his tweet, and tweeting is so funny to me as a form of political communication, but. When the Merck Pharma CEO, Ken Frazier, resigned from the Manufacturing Council, Trump sent out a tweet that said he will have more time to lower rip-off drug prices. And that didn't move stocks. Hillary Clinton's moved stocks, so rock, scissors, paper, whose tweets are more powerful. Um, the stock market just doesn't seem to care about politics right now, and it's, it's worthy of note. It doesn't always happen that way, but this time it did. Here's some products that you don't need. A lot of people push products, push products, push products. You don't need theft insurance, identity theft insurance. It doesn't actually protect you. It just provides some people who will help you. Um, Most people can do for themselves the services provided by identity theft insurance companies. Some policies may cover expenses related to identity theft, but policyholders may not need that coverage. Only 14% of identity theft victims experience out-of-pocket losses of a dollar or more. Now, short-term disability insurance is one that's also very questionable that I don't think you need. It costs way outweigh its benefits for established employees. It may have some benefits for new workers. It's very, very expensive. Rather than shell out for policy, um, long-time workers may be able to use the accumulated personal leave time to compensate for um, lost wages. Now, long-term disability, important. Short-term, not so important. Um, cancer or critical illness insurance. Every now and then I get uh, mails from you know banks that I have business relationships with, and they're like, hey, do you want um, dismemberment insurance? It's free. Just sign here. I'm like, what's that? Oh, it's, it's if my head gets cut off? I, I don't think I need that. 
But those with the family history of cancer may be tempted to buy cancer insurance policies. It provides a lump sum payout after a diagnosis. Critical illness insurance operates in the same way and will provide a cash in the event of a heart attack, stroke, or similar conditions. Getting that extra money might be nice for sure, but chances are people already have other options to pay their expenses. So in general, most people should avoid that if you have a good comprehensive health insurance plan. Um, you don't buy an insurance policy for one possibility when you have something that covers multiple possibilities. Um, so you don't need the axle of death and dismemberment. Uh, no financial product is more irksome than that, like I mentioned. Um, you know, Does your wife need more money if you die in a car accident versus a heart attack? No, that's what your term life insurance is for. So you don't need the extra on top of it. It's got very narrow coverage rules, which means benefits can be difficult to claim. Instead of buying that product, just get term life. Dental insurance, tough, tough, tough. In this day and age of fluorinated water, and it, this is one of the best pieces of financial advice you're ever going to hear from me, floss your friggin' fragging teeth. Um, because the fluoride's going to protect your teeth, but the stuff in between your teeth, it's very tough to get to. Um, I would give up brushing if you could only floss. Um, of course, you want to brush and floss, but flossing is super important. Dental insurance is so expensive. So rather than buying dental insurance, pay for the cleanings out of pocket. Calculate you know, the math. Do it yourself. You're going to come out financially ahead. If you have a history of dental problems or conditions like diabetes that could lead to cavities or gum disease, that may find some dental insurance as a smart ins investment. But otherwise, you'd be better off skipping insurance and putting that money that you're putting into premiums into savings instead. But a lot of people, cash in the pocket. I got cash in the pocket. Cash ready to burn. Like, people can't hold cash. Never buy an investment you can't understand. And I don't like hard money loans because why buy, why pay someone to buy someone's real estate and give you money back when you could, if you want to loan money to someone, you could do it directly. If you want to go buy real estate, you can do it directly and it's under your name and you don't have to worry about the middleman with high fees, commissions, and potential mismanagement. Uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, are they taking too much chances with your money? So I, I don't invest in any investment you don't understand. That's a pretty good rule of thumb. If you can't use crayons to uh, draw what you're investing in, you probably shouldn't do it. Everyone should put money aside for retirement, college, and other long-term savings. No doubt about it. Uh, but complicated investments offer a way for unscrupulous people and companies to charge exorbitant fees. Sometimes run outright scams, but I'm not saying that. Uh, but like private uh, real estate investment trusts, you're giving money to someone to go invest in properties, and you're 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 the you're not you don't know what they're doing with that money. Uh, you don't have a right to see the financials. With a publicly traded real estate investment trust, you do. I love publicly traded REITs that get SEC scrutiny, but I don't like hard money loans that have no oversight, none, zip, zilch, none. And I don't like private REITs that have no oversight, none, zilp, none, nada. Um, so those are investment products I would stay away from. Um, just so you know. You can always find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, today's podcast will be featuring Stock Talk. You can find that at Rob Black Show. You can find it at Apple iTunes. You can find it on Facebook, Cron, uh, Facebook page, Cron Rob Black. Um, you can find it on I Hate Rob Black. There's multiple places on Facebook you can find it, multiple places at iTunes as well. 
I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Give me feedback. Send me an email, Rob at Rob Black Show. And don't forget, seminars are free if you use the code RADIO25 when you sign up at robblackshow.com. There's a seminar coming up soon. Listen for the commercials. Check out the website. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.